Welcome to Be The Light Podcast. This podcast is about building a momentum of positive change and healing in you by shining the light on teachers and the wisdom they have to share with us to help us to remember our inner light and to continue to grow. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. Thanks for joining me today. Today, creator and host of Be The Light podcast, Maria Kimmerer, has agreed to be in the seat of the interviewee, and I, Marie Duval, her longtime friend, have the privilege of being today's host. Once Maria decided to create this podcast, I approached her and I asked her when she was going to allow someone to interview her so that she could share her wisdom and her journey with her listeners. And she looked at me surprisingly like it had never occurred to her that she too is a spiritual teacher. She too has great wisdom. And so I'm so honored and privileged that she's allowing all of us the opportunity to hear a little bit about her journey and how she got here today. So to tell you a little bit about Maria, she has been a Reiki practitioner and teacher out of Cincinnati, Ohio since 2005. She's received many Shin Piden trainings and continues to develop her understanding of Reiki with retreats and classes. She's a registered practitioner and teacher with Shibumi, the International Reiki Association and the founder of Attune, the Art of Reiki LLC, which is a company that overflows with gratitude for the opportunity to educate and support people in relieving their stress, anxiety, anger, and pain. Maria is also trained as a true freedom yoga teacher. She studied mindfulness training at Plum Village, as well as the Healer Within Medical Qigong training. Maria is also very passionate about community building. She currently sits on several boards and organizes Cincinnati Reiki Day, a day of education and sharing, as well as uh, being involved in many other community-focused events. In 2017, Maria set out to create this podcast, Be the Light. Her intention has always been to bring positive momentum and healing to her listeners. Again, Maria, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with your listeners. So I thought it would be fun to learn a little bit about you as a person, <laughs> as the human, versus my... the physical being that you are, <laughs> not just the light energy, mm. which is your expression, amazing expression, but also just... Yeah, it's who great. you are Thank as you. a human being, like who, mm-hmm. um, your personal life, like are you married, do you have children, do you have pets, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. those well, things well, on the level we can connect as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I actually don't feel that my 
work or my spiritual life or my inner light, like he said, is actually separate from my ordinary everyday life. And, um, and that actually feels really good because I don't feel like I'm as much compartmentalizing my work. So my work is my life. The fuel for my work is everything that happens in my life. So my family. So um, I'm married to a wonderful man, Mike Kammerer, who we met in art school when we were getting our art degree. And uh, he's been a really good partner for me. So, um, and I have two boys, two older boys, um, Nick and Drake, and they're 26 and... Drake's going to be 21 in a few months, so... I think they're now young men. Yeah, young men. Not boys. You're Not right. Boys. You're right. Um, and uh, a wonderful uh, rescue dog who always teaches me about happiness and playfulness, so... And also being gentle. So they're great, you know. They're really good and um, people to have in my life, and I'm grateful for them. Um... I think our family is always teaching us so many things, you know. Um, and I really, one of my goals in my life has been always to be such a, a good parent. And um, I started being a parent when I was uh, 16. So I was pretty determined. Um, it didn't always go well, you know, but... Uh, I did the best that I could. And so, you know, that we try our best, we forgive ourselves when we fall down and we keep picking ourselves up, you know, and still be loving to ourselves and others, to my family. So um, now that they're big and out of the house, <laughs> mostly out of the house, I'd say they're always coming in and out a little bit, but um, it's been a real growth for me because I have to stop um, clinging to them so much. I'm very loving, you know, sometimes I find, you know, I can let them go and then sometimes I find I'm really clinging to that, to their relationship or how much I love them. and. And that's not real love or freedom when we cling to people or expect them to be mm -hmm. a certain way because they're, they may not be that way. And then that just causes suffering. So it's been real growth for me to let them go and also, also let myself go and be really free as being an adult without children. And I know we've talked about this many times and you've actually helped me lots of times with that, but um, it's been uh, wonderful to uh, have the space mm. to do that and have this practice to be able to be an adult without children. I'm 42, you know, uh, it's been great. So that's why I think I had space to do this project, you know, the Be The Light project and really think about leaving home, which I've always been a very much a homebody, and kind of breaking down some more barriers, opening up even more to actually the earth is our home. 
you know, the earth is our home. I am earth energy. My home is within me. And really feeling comfortable enough to travel places by myself and where I don't know people. And uh, I would never have done that. I never thought would thought in a million years that I would be doing that. Because when I was little, I was really shy. So, And I tell people that sometimes, and they're like, what? <laughs> You're shy. You're like, talk to everybody. But, you know, it's something that I've been able to allow myself more and more. I just wanted to touch on the compartmentalization piece sure. of our practices. Mm. And I don't know if other people have um, struggled with that or mm. that's been an aspect of their practice that they've had to sort through. But mm. I I have had that experience. Um, and I'm just wondering if you had that experience. Um, you obviously don't have it right now. That's mm. what you said. But was there ever a time that you... Um, we're kind of struggling, like, here's my spiritual practice. Oh, yeah. I do it on, you know, at this time of the day mm-hmm. over here in this closet. <laughs> of course. With my candle or whatever <laughs> or my meditation. And now I'm someone's mother and wife and I have a job and that's what I do over there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can you just speak to, um, if you recall that transition or like yeah. when you began to feel your whole self being present to your spirit, your yeah. spiritual life. What a great question. Yeah, actually, I think everybody, most people re- really go through that. And I think that's an important question because we forget that to be really alive in our whole life, right? We're not really taught to be fully present since we're little. And I think that's okay because that's life, that's our life. You know, that's the condition of our life. That's nothing to be kind of worried about. But when you start to feel everybody has a moment when they decide something different has to happen in my life. Mm. Right? I mean, can you remember for yourself? I can. It's pretty vivid. I recall um, coining it, or not coining it, but I refer to it now as the dark night of my soul when I felt like there was no darker place to go right. than where I was right there in that moment. Mm. And so I decided to <laughs> throw my head back an inch or two and look for some light. Yeah. And that was when I began really allowing my spiritual life. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. So, you know, same for me. You know, I had... Um, like I said, I was a, a young mom, so I was a single mom for a long time, and I also, so I was raising my son, um, going to school, and working, and managing um, some tough relationships, so that was a lot. Um, I got married, Mike, I met Mike at 21, and basically I had felt just completely hollowed out. Because because um, I worked so hard, you know, and I just burnt myself out. 
And then I was like, there's nothing left. And I was so, and I'm pretty, I always felt like I was a really positive person. But then I realized like, gosh, I have so much crap in me. <laughs> it's so funny that much. you say you felt hollow and then you say, I had so much crap in me. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's all kind of about but hollow, space. Hollow with, with means like, um, I mean, I just, I couldn't find myself. Right. There's no room for myself in my own day. I was like, I didn't, and I felt like there had to be some other way in my life. I mean, I had so much like chronic pain and all kinds of at 21 emotional issues with my family and you know just my mom and dad and you know so yeah I was really young and but I'd always felt there was some spark within me some because I always was so I always prayed I always had such reverence for nature I spent most of my time as a child outside my family was like, well, you look a ra- like a ragamuffin because <laughs> I had like twigs in my hair or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, that's where I was happy. I just, um, so I found, I actually found Reiki. And Reiki, I would go to this Reiki person once a week. And for the first time, I felt so much more myself. I just was like best day ever. Like it just felt like how really old were good. You? When like what was going on? Gosh, I don't know. I was uh, twenty. I'm really bad with time. Oh yes, but me too. <laughs> Twenty-two maybe. And see, Drake was. I was in Public Allies, so I was doing a year in service okay. at Grailville, mm-hmm. helping at the Women's Resource Center. And trying to empower other people. And so Public Allies was is like a leadership training program. It's like the Peace Corps, except mm-hmm. in your own local community. So it felt really empowering myself. So I was going through a lot of change for myself at the time. And I wanted more of that. And I started to feel like this, I had this these moments where I would feel so peaceful, right? When I would go to Reiki and I would leave there feeling so loving, so happy, you know? And then I noticed like, but it was only like these shining moments in my life, you know? But as I I kept seeing her for like, I saw her for like four months every week. This is pretty intense. You know me. I'm just like, I'm diving in. I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> I'm like, this is working. I'm doing it. Well, and it but, sounds like you were just, so you surrendered. Like you, you yeah, were I at think, your wit's end with your life right. and how you were doing things. Yeah, and, and I found something that really worked right. and brought me happiness and joy. And I was like, I'm in. I'm doing it. And I noticed how my family life, my daily life started to change in that in that work because just because I felt better you know not on the other reason I didn't have a regular meditation practice at the time but just because of that like the hands-on healing and just the letting go of stuff and opening up I started to really notice my life was transforming you know I had I had more love to share for my family, you know, I could love my kids. I could find, I could feel like 
I wasn't giving up my personal parenting battery energy, the mm. limited amount, mm. and feeling so worn down at the end of the day. And then starting again, still tired and worn mm. down. Right. I felt really filled up, you know, overflowing even, that my kids could receive from this overflowing energy just because I felt better, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I just started noticing that more and more and more. And then I just was like, I've got to start. I have to. So I just kept receiving Reiki for a while. And then, um, then I really was like, I want to teach. I want to learn this more. I want to do it for myself. And, and so slowly, I think what happens is first we have that experience of we have to find another way. Then you experience experience another way that really works for you. And sometimes we try a lot of different things that work. Or maybe work for a little, or, mm -hmm. but you keep on going. You keep on trying and really what really resonates for you, what works for you, then maybe you decide, I'm going to stay with that. And that really helped me because I was also an artist. I have a background in metal sculpture. And I was kind of a jack of all traits. You know, I did metal and wood and ceramics, and I loved to draw and paint. I loved color, you know, and fabric and all these things. And I became the ceramic sculpture technician at NKU for a couple years. I liked to fix things and help people and teach and, you know, how to use the tools. It was really empowering, you know. But I realized that when I because I had lots of opportunities to learn many, many practices from people. But I realized that I really needed to just focus on one way. And that served me so much because this one way, Reiki, the system of Reiki, and really focusing on it has helped me to uh, go really deep into the practice and into myself. Of course, into the practice means into yourself and continue just to let go and open up to um, who I really am, you know, the light within me. And that light just shines, starts shining through all of things. And, and it shined into some really dark, terrible things in me, you know, some really painful spots sometimes. And But I had the energy and the presence to be able to take care of it then when it finally showed up again, like, oh, <laughs> that's in there. Yikes. Still. <laughs> Run away. <laughs> Which we kind of do sometimes. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Technology. Don't worry about it. Take care of it. So, oh, I don't want to take care of it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, but I had the energy, the strength, you know, um, to sit with it and to also let that go. You know, find what's in there and what was in those dark spaces was was also love, you know? So I don't think that I'm at the, I don't think anybody actually is at the end of their journey or anything. Like, I don't feel like you don't really stop opening or growing or expanding. It just keeps going. And I think that's so wonderful to think about, you know, because I don't have to, I can let that go. I can just enjoy who I am right now, and and uh, we'll see what happens next when it comes. I just want to point out, um, and I have thought about this before as well, we were talking about your Fuda meditation mm. and how it has um, 
come to mean different things for you mm. and you've experienced it differently over the years. Mm-hmm. But you've stayed with that chant. Mm. You've gotten to know it very deeply. You've gotten to know yourself very deeply through that chant. Sure. And also, Reiki has... It, it, it's such a wonderful lesson mm. and, and a reminder to... Um, even marriage mm. is this yeah. way. Yeah. Um, which I think at the end of the day is the beauty of marriage Mm. um, is that you commit to that way Mm. and it then is allowed to go so deeply within you Mm -hmm. for you to get to know yourself through it. Because like all things that we, um, I think it's so easy, it was so easy for me to want to be distracted mm. by newness or, well, what's happening with that yoga practice? Mm-hmm. And, and what's that pranayama? And what's mm-hmm. that meditation? You know, and um, because I think we fear the vulnerability that mm. will come up from the depth of knowing something so deeply. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and I just want to point that out, that you've given us a few examples mm. of moments in your life or the practices in your life that you have committed to mm-hmm. and how they have served you so deeply. Right. Um, and the ben- the beauty, oh my gosh, the beauty in those practices. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, I'm someone who just will chase squirrels all day, mm-hmm. but I have identified mm very specific practices because they feel like coming home every time I sit down to yeah, them. that's it. They feel like coming home. That's I don't it. have to get in my head about mm, them. Mm. They're in my being. I've done them so much. So I just wanted to Absolutely. highlight that lesson, that that mm-hmm. way to practice for yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that really it's through anything, like you mm-hmm. said, through your marriage, through your relationship, that if we really look deeply into anything, any object or feeling or one thing, and understand it deeply, then what we're doing really is understanding everything. We can understand everything through one thing. And sometimes we don't go that deep because, like you said, we have resistance to that, to our own openness, our own vulnerability in that. You know, our fear and facing our anger. What do we do with it then? You know, it can be scary. But um, so, you know, being distracted is a natural thing that we do. It's a natural way to cope with our mind and our own emotions sometimes can be too much to take care of. So it's not a bad thing. You know, I think it's fun to try new things and, and things like that. But, but I think that the deeper thing, the thing that I really committed to myself or to, to was myself. Mm, right. So I committed to showing up for myself every day. And that, that was the commitment, you know, that reflected into my practice 
into, because I, I meditate every day, I do hands-on healing, I do exercise, I do exercise, <laughs> I enjoy exercise, you know, I'm eating better, you know, these just these things because I am commit to myself, so, and then, you know, my relationships or whatever. Not that my, you know, I'm not talking about having a perfect life, you know, I'm just, because that's not the case, it's not what I'm looking for, I'm just looking for actually not even looking for it, but I'm just enjoying it, enjoying my life, you know, and um, that, that happiness. Being the light. Being the light. <laughs> yeah. So in being the light, <laughs> I wondered if you feel that, I mean, your listeners People who follow you um, are obviously attracted to that practice, whatever that means to them. Mm. However, they come to allowing the light within them to mm -hmm. grow or whatever their relationship is with it. So I was wondering if you feel like being the light requires faith. Mm. Um, in something greater than oneself. Hmm. So whatever one wants to call that, mm. that energy or source, God, whatever you want to call it, do you feel like it's the foundation, or not even the foundation, I'm putting words in your mouth, do you no, feel okay, like... Yeah. Um, it's 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 Faith sort of the, the wood to the the kindling to the fire of um, the light. How I mean, is it? I even... think I think that um, devotion or having faith is a pathway to finding your own light. Right, that's one way um, that people can have. You know, um, like I said, I, I for myself, I have a uh, a lot of faith in God. I but I but God is not has my idea or my understanding of God for my own self has changed over time. You know, because God is not a far away person or being so close. Really, she's really close within me, too. And I actually see God everywhere now. But I don't think that's a prerequisite because not everybody has faith like that. Not everybody, some people are tall, some people are short, <laughs> some people have, I have dark hair, you know what I mean? And so we all have, are born with a certain way, you know, that our mind works in a certain way, or uh, my body is a certain way, or my emotions are a certain way, right? So there's not, faith does not work for everybody, but it doesn't mean that you don't have light already because you do that's otherwise you would not be alive we call that you know it's like um, reiki means spiritual energy the energy of your true nature your true self which is peace wholeness happiness you know love you know and love and we all have that light within us but that light sometimes can be covered up with so many things. You know, we just, we hide or we, we cover it up with our stress or anger or worry 
or whatever's going on. But, and we're used to like, um, like sometimes I find myself complaining about stuff and then I notice that, uh, wow, I really complain more, you know, and I have more reasons to complain. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really simple just to be like, oh, I'm noticing this habit. The opposite of complaining is being grateful. And really, and when we're grateful, we're really feeding our own inner light. And we feel good when we're grateful. You know, that's just a simple thing. So gratitude is a way, you know, just feeling grateful. Because when you feel grateful, nothing has to change. You can just feel even more gratitude. <laughs> that's how it works. Mm. But some people are really physical. So they need movement. And maybe they find their light through movement. Like yoga, asanas, or tai chi, or... I love walking meditation, you know, just these different ways. Or maybe it's they're really in the light or really in the flow when it's through basketball, mm. you know, yes. or skiing or walking in nature. You know, it's just when you really feel in, the, in that flow or in that light of your life that you forget all your worries and your anger. You have more peace. So, no, I, I, I don't want to... I don't think we're as limited as we seem. You know, I think we, we're used to practicing being limited, but we're actually, we're so, so many infinite possibilities of finding yourself. And I love that because, and it is that way because we're always here. Mm. We're in our life all the time. So that moment of things have to change, I have to find another way is like that crack that cracks open, you know, shows that light. Oh my gosh, I have to find that way. There's too much pressure in you. And it just cracks you open a little bit to a different possibility. And once you're really open to another way, then the opportunities come for that. Because you start to look at it, just like as you start to look for gratitude instead of complaining. There's more reasons to be grateful for. You know, it's like um, I started to look for another way, and then my friend was like, hey, you should try this Reiki person. She's down the street. You know, she's right there in the next building. And I had never thought of that. You know, I had seen her every day for the last six months as a coworker. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I was ready that, and my friend said, oh, hey, how about that? And I was like, yeah, I'm open to trying it. Could the door start to open? You know, so we do have a response, uh, not a, a responsibility. We have a responsibility, but it's not a heaviness when I say responsibility. It's a responsibility in a lighter way that we can start to show up for ourselves just like a friend or a real strong supporter of ourself. And that is actual, you know, and that feels good when you can be your own friend and say, yeah, I need to go for Reiki or massage or go skiing. Or Japan. <laughs> yeah, going to Japan. <laughs> but it's just like you were saying, you didn't see that. Um, you drove on the same street over and over and you never saw that place that... Uh, that you needed to visit until you were ready, and then, then you did. Every day, all day. Yeah, every There's day. There's moments of 
just a new thought, like a new perspective. Mm. And I think that's what's so just amazing. There's not even a word to describe it. Yeah. With the light growing within you or allowing that expansion yeah. is that um, the perspective, the new perspectives that come, mm. the new way of seeing mm. everything and anything yeah. is um, the greatest gift. Mm. The, the presence mm. of the present is that new way of seeing being open to all the light yeah, um, that abounds. That's a, that's a wonderful gift, you're right, because then you see the light not just in yourself, mm. but in, in everyone you meet, and then are your dear ones first. That's how it starts. You start to see also mm. in your sweet ones, and then, and then you notice in the people that you may not like so much, oh, they also have light. <laughs> right, and then people who you're scared of, or maybe have yeah. run away from before. Oh, they also have the same light in them, and so the the world gets a little more comfortable mm. because if you you know that fear starts to fall away, then because you recognize, oh, you're like me, you know, and I can see you in a new way, in a fresh perspective, not just like all the bad things that happen between me and you or your disease or your struggle, right? Because sometimes we see people like that and we just get worried. I had a friend who uh, is very sick and she said, I, every time I see my family or people I haven't seen in a while, they ask only about my sickness. But I'm not that anymore. And I was like, yeah, good for you. You're not that. Have the courage to be not your sickness. Be your light and don't worry about how people perceive you until you just stand in your own light. Let it get stronger and stronger. And also, um, I've been practicing the light of action. Mm. It's not just individuals, but also yeah. um, the light in all, all things. But also, and I think it's easy for people to say, well, that Maria has a great light, but I didn't like that she yeah. fill in the blank. Of course, that's okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I encourage everyone to also consider seeing the light in the action of the other mm. as well. Mm. That's it's interesting. There. Yeah. It's always there. It's always there. Yeah, I think that um, actually when we judge ourselves a lot, then we then we tend to judge others, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and when people are being really bright lights, uh, and this of course is a metaphor, right, of being yourself, being happy, peaceful. It sometimes can be really scary for that because they haven't allowed themselves that in a long time, mm. and they don't know how. And so I notice that uh, for people, um, I sometimes irritate people because I'm really happy. <laughs> or, you know, I'm, they're just, I just notice they're just a little disturbed. Um, and that's okay. I just love them anyway. And I don't worry about it, you know. And I'm not forcing, like, come here, give me a hug or anything like that. But I'm just noticing and enjoying it anyway. And that that's okay. And that not to, I know that when I act, 
for the most part, I try to be really present. And not all the time, but then my actions are coming from a place of peace, a place of uh, steadiness, and then I just let that action also go. So I don't worry about my hopes and fears for the outcomes, expectations. And then because of that, I don't judge myself, you know, or worry about it. I'm not also holding on to it. So by letting go of it, it can just, that action of peace can just be free to evolve on its own. You know, people can take it up or not as they need to. It's fine. Right. Because you you have no control over another person's perception of your light. Yeah, and it doesn't even matter anyway. Well, I I just would like to point out that being the light, what comes with that that Mm -hmm. we don't really talk about, and I Mm -hmm. think that was a perfect example. Mm -hmm. When you're in your joy or you're in your flow or your zone of being the light, it isn't always received with big open arms from the right, world. Right, right. Of course, yeah. And, well, we say of course because mm. we're, we've experienced that. We, we have yeah. the awareness and not everyone does. Okay, especially yeah. if they're new to putting themselves out there in well, this way. Yeah, I think at first, too, that that happens because yes. you are more tender. Of course, and vulnerable. You know, right. when you're really you're standing up in your own self... You know, it's like open arms, you know, um, an open heart, open mind, open body, right? Not even those things being separate. That is just just being yourself. So it can be very tender at first because then you're not hiding behind anything. So people can really judge you for who you are. Truly. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And so then, but that is only a temporary feeling, that tenderness um, you know, that we, you know, all of a sudden you're naked out in the world and running around naked, you know, at first it feels like, what the, <laughs> I'm crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> you've joined this a is... nudist colony and you're just really trying to be spiritual. Yeah. I mean, it's right. crazy, but suddenly then you realize it's okay. I mean, you just keep practicing. I think right? for me, that was the moment that I... Um, really understood the importance and value of a steady practice is when I was feeling tender Mm -hmm. and vulnerable Mm -hmm. by just being the most true form of myself I could be. And with that comes a heightened perception and knowing of what is happening before you. Mm -hmm. You see through people in a way that you didn't before. Right. You feel their energy versus right. just seeing a smile on their face. Like you can really perceive all of that, which I think makes you feel really vulnerable. Like you have this power, if you will, yeah. but also with that power mm-hmm. and that knowing comes that vulnerability and tenderness. Yeah. And I think that is your expression. This is your experience at the moment. At the moment. And so be open to it changing as well and being open just to be yourself because I think that's true because when when light 
shines brightly, it exposes everything in the room. The darkness, yes. I was going and to... so you can see the grime in the room. You can see the, you can see, you're just, it means awareness. We are just more aware. You can see more and more clarity, right? Because there's I, light, yes. you know? And so then we have choices then, more informed choices because we can see it, we can understand it more. Or we can sweep it under the rug, you know, or not take care of the dirt. It's fine. It's up to us. But we also realize you're not the only light in the room when you're in that, you know, then it's like, oh, okay. You know that people aren't ready to heal until they're ready to heal. There's nothing forceful about that. You know, you have, if you try to force it, it doesn't work. But if you keep being steady in your practice, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how bright your light is or not. Who cares? Right. It's only that you keep showing up for yourself and by doing what feels really nourishing for yourself, by being mindful or, you know, your meditation or your chanting or your yoga, whatever it is, your journaling, your writing, or maybe you like to sing. Mm -hmm. And you keep that steadiness in your life so that you're always feeding that and you can be really, really stable, right? Because even if there's one bright light in the room, it changes the whole room and everyone in it. It doesn't matter. You know, that light shines no matter what equally on everything, whether it's sad or angry or happy or whatever, right? And that, and it's up to us, you know, and then we can be really discerning. Do I need to share this or not? How does it feel? And you can be just be really, you know, in that nice open space, in that light of truth, and just relax into it. But yeah. So I think a side effect mm. of being naked, of being <laughs> naked, and 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 shining your light or being your light, even when you're not even aware that yeah. that's the state of your being, um, is that it allows not only you. Mm. to know yourself more deeply. But the side effect is that others then will be able to know themselves more deeply. Mm. And I think that's where people can be oh, yeah. uncomfortable. And that's what we sense when we walk into a room. Mm. Can and be. And there's that interesting feeling with, you know, that you're picking up on is like they're they're sort of seeing some sort of reflection for themselves. Yeah. That has nothing to really do with me. I'm only yeah. that energy in this moment. Mm -hmm. And they're having... They're having they're, a moment. They're having a moment. They're having their own experience, yes. which I think is wonderful. It is wonderful. Right? We have to have our experience, and we have to allow others yes. also to have their own yes. experience. Because they need freedom, too. So if they're having an uncomfortable moment... You know, I mean, in my own, if when I have an uncomfortable moment, it actually can be such a wonderful lesson Absolutely. for me. And when I see them, I can also ask myself, is there fear in me mm -hmm. for me being myself? Is there anger in me? Is there worry in me? And really, it's an opportunity to examine that and also see what's there. Because if there is, then it's like, to me, it's like, oh, wow. They've really brought that to me. That's a wonderful gift to, to bring that to each other, that we can see that, not to get stuck in it, but to, to then to just let it let it go, you know? I mean, what a wonderful thing. 
But, you know, um, I think when we talk about shining our light, I'm not like shining, beaming, and like oh, efforting. Yes, you are. <laughs> no, I know, but it's not with force. No, you know, you can't it's, it's so do it with force. It's, it's like the you know the sun that shines. Yes. it just shines. It just is. It it's just, just shining. Is. It's not measuring how much light each person or each room or any situation gets. It just shines, and I think that's every every single person's opportunity. It's such just a passive shine. state, isn't it? Mm. There's no trying to it. As soon as you try, mm. it. Yeah, that's Didn't. not good. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's not, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's not like a flashlight. It's flash just resting, with yeah. Yeah. So my next question, it sort of goes <laughs> along with this topic. So much fun. And you and I have traveled together <laughs> yeah. and just been on lots of adventures over our friendship. And we always, I always joke with you that um, you and my sister are these two people in my life that whenever we travel, it it all just flows along mm. and it's so easy, you know. Yeah. And um, so I've been witness to you in lots of situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, I want you to tell us about a time <laughs> when your willingness... Um, to be the light and see the light um, transform the interaction or the situation in such a powerful way that you realized maybe the first time this happened. Mm. It was like the first time you realized the power of that to transform right before your very eyes. Mm. I mean... I've witnessed it, yeah. For for with you, yeah. When when I've watched you do that, yeah. And I mean, I just wonder. <laughs> I know. I'll I'll try to remember a story, but maybe you have a story. I don't know. Well, I but, mean, it's yeah. simple. I mean, it happens every time we're together. Like, yeah. we went to the butterfly show. Yeah. And you know, I feel pretty perceptive to people's yeah. energy when I walk into a space, and so you know. People can be pretty heavy, especially mm. when they're doing work that is not in their alignment. Mm. And, you know, the people selling passes mm. have been sitting there all day and, yeah. you know, they're tired and here we come, two more smugs trying to put <laughs> passes on a rainy day. Yeah. And you just come in and like, psh, like, you know what you're doing. You know how you're being. I don't really, I know, but I don't think about it. I know know you don't think about it, but the intention, like you wake up in the morning. As myself. Open to being yourself, your true self. And so you come into a space and that's... And and what happened to the ticket sellers? Something happened and I don't remember. Like I just remember witnessing... They smiled, yes, and that's my point is like... I watched it just sort of turn itself yeah, just were. from your energy. Mm. You were like, hi, how's it going? How's your day? You want some water? I don't know. You were Who knows yeah, what you were offering? Yeah. You probably had cookies in your bag. I don't know. <laughs> I remember that. But, yeah, but it's said. just the way you um, yeah. come into a space. Yeah. Any space. Yeah. And it's, it has different levels of energy. Mm. 
It has different levels of engagement, not energy. Engagement. Yeah, I think because, um, and now I know what you're speaking of, but in that moment, you know, we're in line, right? And lots of times, if you just look at people, you notice how they are in line and how they're tired of waiting and it's hot and they're just sad. And I just, I also notice their beauty. You know, uh, just how they are. One man we saw there had no armor and there was really disfigured, you know, um, and he had so much happiness. You know, it was just really a delightful world that we live in. Oh, and I just notice everyone in line and all their shapes and colors of this expression of their di of divine nature is infinite. You know, you can find it in every person and it's wonderful that we each have this form that we're in, you know? And it, it just brings me, it makes me even happier to see that. And and so, you know, I'm just, you and I are just telling jokes and enjoying ourselves in line. And that reminds people, it reminds people to also to lighten up <laughs> because they're like, oh yeah, I forgot. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to go see the butterflies and enjoy that. And here we are enjoying it. And so it just really quickly, people can just shift. They can decide, oh yeah, it's I so want quick. to have fun. It really is. It doesn't, it's without words. So fast. Yeah. It is a look. Yeah. And the people who were taking our tickets, they were so tired and hot. They were in the desert room for goodness sake. And I just made some jokes, you know, and just enjoyed being with them, really connecting with people. I'm not forcing a connection. I'm just enjoying them, you know, and just, you know, there's just kind of a lot of compassion for people. But it's not, I don't feel sorry for them. I'm just, I just love, and they had such great jokes themselves, you know, and we had just this lovely moment and then we moved on. We moved on to see the orchids or whatever. <laughs> so hot. Succulents. But yeah, yeah. But you know, um, but the first time that I really realized that this is how easy things are was I was working and I was having a really hard problem with my coworker. And I couldn't figure out why, but she seemed like she always said the right thing and she said the same thing, but she never walked the walk. And every time she would get in trouble for something, she would blame me in some weird roundabout way. I know it's kind of vague because whatever. Anyway, so they think it it doesn't matter, but and and in no way was I responsible for her issues at all. Showing up late or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. just all these weird mm -hmm. things, you know. And I was like, I didn't make sense. And but I myself always have a responsibility thing. Like I want to be responsible and do a great job and work hard. And, and so that made me feel really upset every time it happened because I'm like, what? I'm super responsible and caring. What do you mean? You know? And, oh, I was so <laughs> mad at her, you know, for being, you know, blaming me for her own issues. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I finally realized, oh yeah, I have this uh, Reiki thing. I went home. <laughs> this was early, early in my practice. And I decided I would meditate. And I wouldn't meditate like, like I'm going to share Reiki with her, but I really meditated on this situation in my life. And because I felt so out of control with it. I just felt like, ugh, so icky. And I was tired of being upset by it. 
so that night I meditated for like 10 minutes on this situation and I felt better and you know I just okay and then I always end my meditation in, in gratitude so I felt really uh, in that moment just you know moment of gratitude for my blessings maybe not the blessing of that relationship because I wasn't ready for that but just my blessings mm-hmm. <laughs> yes but then the next day I went to work and this woman completely our whole relationship changed in fact she it's she never engaged with me like that again ever and it was wonderful and it was like wow that was such an eye opener that when we heal what is in us, right? Because what am I doing? I'm sitting in my own meditation, helping myself be stable and peaceful, letting go of my own anger and worry. Then we don't have that red hot button for other people to push. My red hot button of responsibility mm. and doing the right thing and working hard and being blamed. You don't need them to yeah. bring it to you anymore. No, because I mean, it made- was peace with it it was instant yeah you know and I was like holy cow everybody's gotta know about this (laughs) (laughs) and so here you are on the street side street corner hello Uh, yeah yeah peace is possible oh my gosh healing is possible at any moment and in any situation and the point of contact is now it's within us and I love that because it's so empowering. So, so that empowering. would be accountability for your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, you know what? I didn't discover that until I discovered it. You know, and how did I discover that? Through a direct experience of my own practice. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make up that lesson no. for myself. I couldn't do that with my mind. No. I just had to practice you know, whatever it was, and, you know, and it was Reiki for me. It's always been, that's my main practice. And, yeah, and through discovering in our own life that we come to more understanding, more wisdom. That's awesome. (laughs) So I was listening to a program the other day. And, you know, I always say that to you, like, I don't know where this came from, but it's it's just stuck enough for me to share it with you. Perfect. So Alan Alan Watts wrote, we constantly try to capture that which cannot be captured. Mm. And so um, in this topic of light, which cannot be captured, um, I wondered if... In this work that you've been doing and um, in your Reiki practice and the talks with so many people on their spiritual journey, yeah, if you find that being in the light, we have this natural desire to want to capture the light mm. and therefore a fear of losing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so... The example that I can connect with is like in meditation. Yeah. You so often hear people early in their practice or trying to begin a practice say, I can't stop my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm in pain. Mm. Like they just 
can't be there. Yeah. And so um, I wonder if we, without realizing it, feel discouraged or defeated mm-hmm. because sure. we're trying to capture something mm-hmm. in, these, in these practices that cannot be caught. Mm, that's a beautiful insight. I love that. Yeah, I do think that's true because, um, you know, sitting in meditation or in a practice um, means that, like in, that it can be anything. And that's really, it's like what they say, like doing the dishes, taking out the trash, living your life can be a practice. Um, you know, and so we do have that opportunity that it can be in anything. It just means to be with yourself. So to meditate means to sit with yourself. And so we, we can do that anytime, right? But we think that it has to be this certain feeling that we have to have no thoughts or internal bliss or fireworks have to go off or maybe have to see angels for this to be working. You know, um, we're looking for it uh, because we're always looking for the payoff. You know, that if I sit in meditation, then I better have inner peace. Because that's the way that our mind kind of has been taught to do. If I study my, uh, if I study French, I'm going to get better at French, right? Um, so if we sit in meditation, it's, it means that we just be ourselves, which we're really not used to doing. So at first it, it can be uncomfortable or hard. Um, I definitely recommend, um, you know, being gentle to yourself, right? Take it easy, right? You don't go and run a marathon right away. Some people do. And then what do you do? You throw up in the middle. It just doesn't feel good. So you don't sit down for 20 minutes of meditation the very first time by yourself, right? Because that's not very fun. So five minutes of meditation, you know, of just sitting and really being focused on your breath or whatever the meditation, maybe it's a guided meditation or just for five minutes. So that's akin to like doing one push-up. You know what I mean? Yes, I (laughs) If you do one push-up once a month, that's how strong you get. If you do five minutes of meditation every day for a month, you're going to get stronger. You're going to be feel even better every day. But sometimes I sit down in meditation or practice and my mind is busy. That's just who I am right now. Isn't that the practice? Yeah. The awareness of like, oh, this my mind is, is my really mind. busy today. Look at that. But Isn't I still sit. Yes. And I still, this is okay. Our busy mind also needs space just to run down. It's not the point of practice is to feel this certain way. In fact, there is no perfect bliss that we're all going through. There's nothing to capture. There's nothing to capture. There's nothing to even search for. It's only just to stop your habitual thoughts, your habitual way of being, and try a new way of developing your own peace, your own inner joy and happiness you're healing you know and so it takes time so slowly five minutes seven minutes and then you forget for a month then you try again five minutes but enjoy or sometimes I just like to you know 
I love walking meditation, so I walk my dog, and I just really feel my body. I feel my body touch the earth, and I remember, you know, I'm earth energy too. I'm nature too, and I just enjoy that each step of peace, each step, you know, just this kind of slowing down, because we always go so quickly. Back to the story, which I don't know if it's on this recording, <laughs> but we were talking, you were telling me about the torch, the heat being oh, yeah. um, Very hot. the blue and the, and the white, Clear. the clarity that comes from that heat. And um, in this moment, as we're talking about meditation, I believe you just interviewed Jeff Emerson yesterday. Yeah. And um, <laughs> a long time ago, he was leading us in a meditation. And and I love this so much. Um, he talked about just witnessing your thoughts as clouds passing yeah. by. You're in a glass house. and You know, you can't, you can't grab onto a cloud no. in the world. But our mind tries to grab onto thoughts mm-hmm. and just really just let them go crazy, like holding on to it. Mm-hmm. But if you really think about them being clouds and how insane that would be to try to grab a cloud, it's the same. It's the same. Um, it, it, yes. You can compare it to grabbing a cl- like a thought yes. and a cloud. Anyway, so I feel like in meditation, if you can't even practice the allowing of Mm -hmm. the thoughts to fade by. Yeah. Then you can never allow for there to be more space between each cloud. Mm. And it's in that space that the clarity might show up. Yeah. Do you know? So, yeah. So it's our grasping of our thoughts that the struggle of subduing the mind that is causing the problem, you know? And so all of our thoughts are rising from a place of our our own center of peace. So if, and that's who we are, right? So if your thought is rising up from a place of peace, then there's no problem with it. And it can be a cloud or however you imagine it. And that cloud is fine, but if you grasp onto it, then that thought starts to multiply, right? Mm. Stop thinking, you know, oh, damn it, there you go again. <laughs> Lots da, 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 of energy. Da, 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 da. You know, that struggle. Mm-hmm. So if you, and if you just know, oh, there I go again, no problem. I go back to my meditation. You let go of that. Bring your mind to your breath so mm. that your mind is doing something else. It's following your breath or whatever the meditation is. And then it's easier for your mind to let go of those thoughts. So then another thought pops up. And then maybe you grab it again. It's fine. You know, it's not to struggle with it. It's just to recognize this is who we are and this is my thoughts right now. Because the thought, if it's not grabbed onto, will then reside back down to peace. It will just, on its own, just go back down and not be active anymore, it will just then go, you know, to the next thought. Actually, this really reminds me of, um, I went to see and uh, Kim Ang and Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. which was super fun. Mm-hmm. And Kim Ang uh, does presence through movement. Um, 
a really wonderful teacher. She's just lovely, lovely. But uh, she said, like, um, practice being a bamboo flute for your meditation or whatever. And the essence of a bamboo is its emptiness inside it. So you just stand there. You just imagine your bamboo flute, okay? <laughs> and if when we have thoughts, it's like a, we put a little bean in the flute, a little bean, mm -hmm. and then we have a million thoughts every day. So there's a lot of beans in there. And when you pick up the flute to blow, to play it, nothing comes out, right? That's like life picks you up to play and no, no sound comes out. So with our meditation, we start to practice the space between the beans, you know? <laughs> yes, I know, the so, space between that we can just feel that the essence of the bamboo is that spaciousness. The essence of our own mind, our own big mind is that spaciousness. So we, so that when, so that we can just let go of all of those things, right? We shower ourselves with this fresh energy or this presence or our breath so that it can wash away these things just gently on its own. And then when life picks you up to play you, it makes a beautiful sound. It reminds me of when I receive, when you... Hands-on healing. Hands-on <laughs> healing with me. I feel full of beans sometimes yeah. when I get up on that table. Yeah. And it's like that practice allows the flow mm -hmm. to open up within my being. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, fine-tuned all over again. Yeah. You know? You can let go. You can so, let go yeah, and open so, up. Yeah, what's happening is that when you get on the table and I'm there to share Reiki with you, it's just I'm really being really aware. I'm being really present with people on the table. And they are the ones letting go. Of their beans, <laughs> just their own stuff, you know. Yeah. And I'm just there and supporting them with my presence, and just you know, however they need to. And that's really wonderful because the person on the table is healing themselves. And I would and think, I think as that's a important mm -hmm. as a practitioner, I am also healing. Well, yeah. you're also healing, but also you're not responsible for my healing outcome. Yeah, and that's important. And I think important. that's really important, mm -hmm. is that your ego isn't involved in that mm -hmm. practice, and I can't blame you if... <laughs> Uh, like, my lower body energy is still full of beans. You did not do a good job. Like, I yeah, can't. That's yeah. insane. I can't well, put that on you. Right. And I think that's really beautiful mm, I for agree. both parties. I agree. Yeah. Like, you're witnessing. Yeah, yeah. And also that self-responsibility yes. part and that we're all responsible for our own healing and that actually we can be healing more and more often. And that is a wonderful way just to meet together in that way mm -hmm. because that means there's no inequality mm. there. There's no us in them. There is no, you know, um, 
yeah, we're just all healing together. And that in reality is what is happening. And so it's, it's, you're free to be yourself, to have your own direct experience. And we just, and for me, I just get out of the way. I don't take your direct experience from you. I have my own direct experience. I'm healing too and allow, and in that freedom, there's so much more freedom for the person on the table too to do that as well. Yeah. So it feels good. <laughs> it sure does. It certainly does feel good. Um, let's see. Uh, I just will finish up with this question. Okay. So um, we talk a lot in our culture today, especially among, I think, the female population, about being badasses. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to know how you, what does it mean to you? For me, to, to be, be a badass. A badass. <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great women that we know and men who are absolutely who are badasses, absolutely. I think. And and to me that means that you are strong enough to be what you need to be, do, to be who you are and do what you need to do in each moment. And for me personally, that means um, real freedom for myself. Because, uh, and sometimes, you know, because I can be who I need to be, right? Um, sometimes people think, oh, you're so gentle, or oh, you're so, you know, kind, or you're so nice. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I am. I am those things. But I am also so strong and so tough and, you know, um, and can be mean, too, if I needed to, or not mean, but be really uh, compassionate. Compassion means... Uh, sometimes fiery compassion, like we spoke about. Sometimes it's a strong action. So I'm just free to find myself in all of those things and not be labeled as much. I don't label myself as much. And when I do, I just I just hold that gently, you know, a little more gently that it's okay. Yeah. And then, and, and uh, and I also think being a badass for myself means that um, to not care that I that how people if people love me or not how to be how I'm going to be received in that that I just keep being myself standing in my own light. That's a wonderful definition. That's a wonderful description. <laughs> I'm gonna borrow it. Take whatever you need. <laughs> I mean, isn't it so fun? Like, I've been studying superhero, like, yes, like I my love kids that. are so into Marvel and all of those um, Icons, hero yeah. archetypes. Yeah. And it's you know, wonderful. It is wonderful. And what's, what's so fun is that all of those qualities live in all of us. Mm. All of them. Yeah. And. Uh, these are just individuals who have decided to take it up, right? And what I love about it is um, I was just thinking this week about how you never see them in fear. Mm. You never see them in a state of fear. 
Right. They're never like, oh no, the Joker's coming and I have to do this. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I don't yeah. think I can do it. They just, like you said, they know what they need to do and they do it. They do and, it. And they do it with this focus in their eyes that's like almost like they're hypnotized by mm. their knowing. Mm. And that is, I love seeing that in another person. Yeah. Like that turns me on. Like literally mm. I feel myself turn on to witnessing that in the other. Mm. You know, like it's such a wonderful like because there's nothing that will pervade them from doing what they need to do. Sure. I think when you're when your and your intention is clear, when you know what to do, then you can just follow it. You can just go with all of your strength and it just can cut through all of it, cut through all the BS, right? And what probably is lighting you up is you recognize yourself, you know, because we have heroes or sheroes, she you know, uh, we have these as saints, you know, um, or uh, inspirations so that they are examples of what is possible. And sometimes we hold that really like on a pedestal. Oh, absolutely. But we have to, we, and I think it's wonderful because it inspires you. But we, what I love about it for myself is that um, I see them as potential for myself and that to embody that for my, in, within me. So they're there as examples to show us that we can be just like that as well. You know, that we embody that, take that in. So we need inspiration so that we can hold it up and see and learn and, and enjoy and be fired up about it. And then we practice, we practice and we practice and practice until you embody it for yourself. And then with light, with our own, you embody your own inner light so that you can really stand strong in that light. And in that light, there's clarity, there's wisdom, there's decisive action because you can be clear and understand what you need to do. And that's a true badass, a true hero. If you had a superpower, what would you want it to be? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's funny, like, this is the most serious question. <laughs> and what color is your costume? <laughs> I would love okay. teleportation. Teleportation? <laughs> Okay. Because there's so many wonderful people that I really want to meet. Which is what you're doing. And, which I'm doing. Which you're doing. I know. And uh, and uh, so many places in this beautiful world that I want to go to. And I would love just to teleport there. All right. You're That'd doing wonderful. it. wonderful. Teleporting Maria. <laughs> and what color is your costume? I don't know. You don't know? You look so good in reds. Yellow. Purple. Yellow? You want yeah. to be Yellow. Skirt, right now. Skirt or no pants? No skirt and no cape. No <laughs> Definitely cape, pants. just pants. <laughs> just pants. <laughs> We're no, getting I need again. a top. It's back to the nudity. <laughs> I need a top. <laughs> tube top. It's a tube top. Tube top. 
That would be awesome. Oh, yeah, that'll shine the light on and some fears boots. for me. Don't boots. <laughs> with heels. Yeah. Boots with well, heels are I like to move, so I would say no heels. I love that that was your, your special power because you're doing it. Thanks. And I was going to ask you a long time ago in this interview, what has traveling abroad and speaking to all of these people that you look up to, like, what has been the, the most unexpected piece for you? Hmm. That when you look back, you think, oh, I had no idea I was going to enjoy that part or, or that was going to be challenging or, mm. um, gosh, I love audiovisual production. <laughs> <laughs> I've challenged myself in so many ways. No, you have. <laughs> you have. Um, I, I don't know. I think that... It's hard to hold on to that, you know, but I think that um, to finally feel really still and to be at peace, to have that so, so still, um, and to be able to see that now and to feel that Really, there's no need to keep searching. There's no need to travel anywhere. We all have that. We all have that. And we have that opportunity to rest in our own healing or stillness. And I think in that means that um, even though we each have our own form that we are manifesting in, our own bodies, our own minds, our own flavor of that, that we're all so interconnected in that space. So I just feel that I feel so very interconnected with all the people that I was lucky enough to get to meet and practice with that, uh, that we're all here in the same home, the same earth, this moment, you know? And uh, that feels really, really good. Well, thank you. Thank you. For sharing <laughs> some insight, some personal information so that the world can know you just a little bit more. Yeah. Because you're pretty special. Thanks. Thanks for this opportunity. Um, it's nice to be on the side of the microphone, so I appreciate your time. And I love you. I love you, too. Thank you again, Maria, for sitting with us today and being our teacher. Knowing you and having you in my life has been such a blessing. If you'd like information on upcoming trainings, community events, Reiki treatments, or you have suggestions or questions, you may visit AttuneCincinnati.com or Facebook page Attune the Art of Reiki. Thank you very much. 
Thank you, Marie Duval, for interviewing me today and being our special host and shining the light on uh, places maybe I don't want to share. <laughs> what good friends do for us. She is a elemental wellness coach, and she has a special gift of shining the light on the relationship that we have with our own mind and body connections. To reach out to her, you can send her an email, marie at marieduval.com. Look for upcoming retreat opportunities and fun events that we may be uh, teaming up together on. So watch out, world. Here we come. Thank you for listening to the Be The Light podcast and for shining your light into your life, becoming part of this momentum of positive change and healing. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. You can find out more about my work at attunecincinnati.com.